Hey guys, John Smith here with Baseball Academy Podcast. I got Scott Hopbill here on the show. Scott, welcome. Big time uh, baseball guy, big friend of mine uh, out in the San Diego area. Scott owns H12 Baseball Academy in East County in San Diego. If you're in the area, check him out. I believe you can check him out on his website or on Facebook, H12 Baseball Academy. You can find him on there. Scott spent uh, seven years professionally. He's been over 20 years as a coach, a couple years as a uh, scout, and he's a big-time college recruiter. Um, Scott, you and I met a uh, uh, pretty random way we met. Uh, you're involved with uh, the hat that I'm wearing here, the uh, San Diego Stars. Uh, Shout-out to uh, Mickey and Kelly, everybody, over that organization. And uh, we've had, we played a couple of uh, tournaments together, and it was just kind of – it was fun. Uh, um, uh, you know, how'd you get involved with, with the stars, and and uh, um, and how that how'd you get along with Mickey and everything? Well, uh, actually, I, I met Mick for the first time uh, when I was at Grossmont Junior College uh, in 1990. He was an assistant coach there, and uh, then when I got done with college, I came and played for the San Diego Stars, which Mickey owns. So it was really uh, 94, 95. Um, and I started playing for him with the Stars, and uh, I used him kind of as a bouncing board uh, for my talents when I was playing, and uh, got an opportunity real quick. I only played a couple tournaments with uh, the Stars, and then got picked up, and went and played in the uh, Prairie League, and then uh, went over to the Western League, but uh, started working for him in the off season, building our stadium up in Verona where we play all of our games since, uh, what, 1997. So that, uh, being around Mick, you know, for quite a while now, it's, uh, it's been a blast. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I've been to that stadium. It's, it's such a, uh, uh, it's on Indian Reservation, and it's uh, it's crazy, you know, such a quality field, and, and uh Mick really does a great stuff, especially with a full-time job and you know all of this stuff he's got going on. He does he does a great to have a little semi-pro uh, thing, and and I'll go into the story of how you and I first met, which was uh, you know my whole thing since my career is is I've just been trying to meet people and network and and, and really just uh, and try to help. You know, for what I've seen with life and baseball, it's all about networking and making connections and seeing who can vouch for you. And, you know, if you perform, who can say, hey, I saw this guy throw this time, and, you know, he did well, and he should deserve to move on or whatever, and I'm putting my stamp of approval on him. And I think that in the baseball world, that's just such a big uh, strategic thing for at any level of baseball when people are trying to get recruited or go, you know, professional or whatever they're doing, it's all, it, a word of mouth is huge. And uh, I'll never forget this. Uh, we're in Wichita. Um, we figured out um, that the league that I was playing in after my second year professionally was not considered real baseball, go figure. Um, uh, of this tournament we went and played in Wichita. And so I, I, uh, uh, I'm told that, hey, if you want to come play in this tournament, uh, and I actually had already played in this tournament back in college. I know it's an amateur tournament, and or it's supposed to be an amateur tournament. But the rules that we found, and I verified it because I knew it was an amateur tournament. I wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, cause any problems. Said it was an open roster. It was not a, you know, and the rule was if you hadn't been 
with a professional team for two weeks, then you could play in the tournament. And almost one day after the limit, you know, I had finished my season. And so uh, we drove from uh, New Mexico over to meet you guys over in Wichita. You know, I think it's like eight or nine hours, maybe even a little more. Big caravan of about seven of us. And we head over, meet Mickey, and uh, meet you. And, and, and I really didn't know what to expect from anybody except for the fact that uh, the way it started off is that we had an 8 a.m. meeting for like a 1.30 game that got pushed back to 3.30 because of time or whatever it was. And I remember just being like, how are we going to play at 1.30 in Wichita in July? Like, God, that's going to be terrible. Like, hot and humid and just not very fun. And So we, we get up to the 8 meeting, and, and it's out in the parking lot, so they tell me, and there's this just, <laughs> there's just this bus or or camper, you know. And, and I'm like, what? Uh, you know, I look at some of the guys, I'm like, what is this? This is a mission. The whole time, one of our former teammates and, and one of your former, Mike Lang's going, you got to play like a star. Just be a star. This is what you got to do. Just be a San Diego star. There's nothing you can do about it, you know? I was like, okay. So I'm rolling with the punches and mix, you know, 8 to probably 8 to 8.30, he might have dropped 200 F-bombs <laughs> in that first meeting. You know, and I'm just like, I'm already in love with this guy. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. I know he writes the lineup cards, and he introduces us. And, I, you know, I'm kind of looking around and, you know, seeing who passes the eye test. I see a couple guys, and I'm like, all right, you're kind of big. You know, you look like, you know, this and that. And, and uh, we had met a couple of guys the day before um, at some kind of player party that we dominated. But we'll leave that behind uh behind closed doors, and and so that was my first impression of you guys, and I just remember really being, you know, almost just at home, just at, like, how much, there was so much care from Mickey and you, but in the same sense, like, right as he'd be like, hey, this means so much, you're part of this great organization, and then he goes, well, we really don't want to make this a bigger deal than it is, you know, you just need to make sure you go out and do your job and have fun, and, and that was awesome, awesome to me. To, to really bring us bring me in, so thank you for bringing me into the the family, the, the stars family. There, it's it's been always a good time. Well, I'll tell you what, um, being able to say that you're a star, uh, at least for me, you know, I've been around it since '95, and uh, putting on that jersey whenever we go play, uh, it still means a ton because down here, there there was the stars, that was it. And if you made the stars, you were a player. You could play flat out. We've had a bunch of big leaguers play for the stars. We've got a bunch of old-time guys that are still in baseball that played for the stars when it was considered just a semi-pro. Um, like I said, putting on that jersey and saying that, you know, I'm a player or I'm a coach for the San Diego Stars, it really means a lot. And it's, it's an honor. At least it is, you know, for me. And I know a lot of guys uh, – when they get that opportunity and they say, oh, you play for the Stars, it, it instantly opens up an entire network, the alumni, the, the history. You know, the, the program's been around since 1981, and it's it is still here and it still thrives. And, and we have, we probably have a better reputation outside of San Diego for everything that we've done, uh, you know, internationally and, and playing in tournaments. So, you know, 
we are just a bunch of guys that can play, that scrap, that get it done. And, uh, you know, like I said, you put on that uniform, it's something special. Yeah. It was, it, listen, it was something special. And a after setting the tone right there, I knew I, I was glad to be there, but I knew that there was going to be some kind of, there was something going to happen that, was gonna, I was never going to forget. That's the way I felt. Like there was something, some very prominent event or something that was going to happen. And sure enough, it happens first game. First game, I'll never forget. So I, I play catch with a guy that's in our league. We don't really get to play catch for. Matter of fact, we talked about five minutes when we got done playing catch about how much fun we were just playing catch, throwing change-ups, two seams, and cutters, and sliders, and really just having fun. And I completely forgot. I went complete 12-year-old kid threw way too much, completely forgot that I was in relief, you know, that it was a, you know, it was 100 degrees on the turf, and I should be ready in a moment, and I remember watching, you know, I, I found, you know, you guys told us who was starting, who was relieving, who was first out, you guys told me that I was supposed to be first out, so I'm thinking, like, okay, I'm going to go get some water and hang out and, and watch, you know, I'm watching this kid throw down the line, it seems like a young kid, and, and I remember you going, like, yeah, he's Juco guy, you know, he's uh, got a couple people looking at him, but you know he's he never really know. You flip a coin. I think you said something like that, and I was like, okay, so I'll be ready early, maybe. You know, just just be ready. And so Mick walks down to the bullpen with you, and he's throwing, and and uh, I, I I wasn't even paying attention. We're all, me and all the guys were all BS and having a good old time, and and uh, Mick walks by, and and uh, you know pats the kid on the butt, says, hey, good luck. And he lets him go by him, and he gives all of us daps down. Down, and I was like, oh, look at this kid. He knows what he's doing. You know, and he gets about ten feet away from, away from the bullpen. Mick just stands there, and he looks me square in the eyes, taps him on the shoulder, and he goes, get hot right now. And I said, what? It's, we haven't even started the game yet. Like, I go, are you sure? And and you go, you go, yeah, get hot. Did you see that bullpen? I go, what? Uh, are you serious? You. We haven't even national anthem. They're not. They're not doing it. Game starts in two minutes. And matter of fact, like we turned around and we were away. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I get up, I grab a ball, and you go, "No, you don't understand. You need to start firing cheese right now." And I go, and at this point, I was like, "Okay, you guys are messing with me." Like, and I'm like, "Man, then I got, I got two of the buddies of mine. They're over there in the bullpen, going, yeah, hey, yeah." Hey, missiles right now, third throw. I know, you know. Go ahead, and and you're 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 looking me dead in the face. No, I'm not lying to you. I'm like, okay. Well, and I I grab I put my cleats on, and I even though I just got done throwing five minutes ago, and so I start playing catch with the with the catcher, just start throwing, and I turn around, and our first inning's already over. We went three up, three down, like six pitches, and I was like, oh, and so the kid comes out there. And I start throwing, and I, I turn around, and I, I, was like, I was like, there's just no way. There's no way they're going to let this guy have one batter or something. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to – I'm already hot, kind of. And I told you, I was like I, – I threw like five, and I was like, I'm good. I really – if I get seven out there, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And you're like, okay, well, stay hot. And I was like, stay hot. I was like, 100 degrees out here. It's just so ridiculous. The kid proceeds to go – like 40 pitches and give up two runs with like three walks in the first inning. And like, you tell me last batter. You go, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah. And the whole time, this is my favorite part, the whole time in here, you have developed this plan that you're now going to test quiz pitch me 
on location and batters. You've started saying, there's a lefty who swings first pitch, and he's crowding the plate. Throw an inside two-seam back to him to move him off the plate. That's it. That's a really descriptive uh, uh, situation for me to, well, I, I, you know, hey, you're the boss. You're the pitching coach. i got to respect that. Um, catcher, uh, give me about two inches off the inside corner. I'm going to go two-seam right there. And I throw it, and I hit the spot, and you go, okay, good, good. All right, very good. Uh, make sure you're staying one-to-one or two-to-one. And then so I'm like, uh, okay. Like, and so I look over, and the kid gets out of the inning. We go three up, three down on like seven pitches. And like I tried to sit down, and you're like, no, no, play catch to the left fielder. I'm like, what in the world? Like, I've thrown so much right now. So I play catch to the left fielder. I come back in. Kid goes back out, gets two quick outs. So I'm like, okay, he's made it through the first inning. I can sit down. I go to sit down. And I look down, and you go, do you see Mickey? And I go, what do you mean? And, I, and Mickey is staring down near the bullpen at you, and he's got his hands up. And he's looking like, why isn't he throwing? I'm like, there's two outs. Like, two outs in the second inning. What, what are you talking about? The kid ends up walking two more guys with two outs on, like, eight straight. So I get hot. I, I throw a couple more. And you're like, are you ready? And I'm like, sure. And you go, wait, hold on one more. I go, okay, what? And you're like, Backdoor curveball to a lefty donkey. <laughs> Make him chase it in the dirt. I go, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's where I want it. I want it short hop in the catcher. There you go. I throw it. I bounce it. The catcher wears it. I don't think the kid was wearing a chest protector either. And then you yelled at him. He was some young kid too. I'm coming out in the bullpen with a, catcher, a chest protector on. I was like, I I mean, you're totally right. But you told me to throw it. I mean, the kids should have known. So so then I proceeded to go out and blow up the whole tournament, even though nobody knew really what was going on. Nobody, you know, all the damn protests. And I go out and throw five innings. Like, we win the game on time limit or whatever. I think it was your seven innings. I don't remember what it was, to be honest with you. It was run rule. It was something crazy. It was, oh, it was run roll. That's right. It was five innings with run roll. And they threw, you guys threw another guy. That's who it was. So I threw like five innings and threw like some cutters and sliders and four college kids didn't have a chance. So anyway. So yeah, now that we're warmed up. (laughs) That's my Scott Hopgood story. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Uh, And we'll get to the Vegas story later on on that, the whole. (laughs) Anyway. So let's get into it. Let's get into your expertise. You got H12 Baseball Academy over there in San Diego. I'm seeing some great things. I'm seeing some reviews by people. I love what you're doing. Um, big, big applause, by the way. I love what you're trying to do in the community over there to help push baseball. Um, I especially think with all these reports coming out, all, uh, you know, all these uh, football and soccer and all these uh, head injury sports that I think baseball and basketball are really going to make a surge in American sports because it's just a safer game to play. Some people say it's a little bit more of an expensive game, but I mean that you know times will tell with that. I mean you know football is really an expensive sport if you think about it. With gear and you know all kinds of stuff happening, injuries and anyway. So uh, the uh, I want to compliment you on your uh, Sunday. What's your Sunday morning? Uh, tell me your Sunday morning thing you got going on there. We, we call it the uh, free swing and Sundays. 
uh, we're open from nine to one and you can come in and hit for free and hit in the short cage and throw bullpens and hit off the iron mic and the jugs and uh, I mean really it's turned into like a Sunday morning party for all the all the people that just want to come out and hang out and get their kids some extra swings and uh, it's good for us because we, we give free instruction and you know you get a kid to, to make some solid contact and parents get a little fired up and the kids smiling and then uh, you know they become part of the H12 baseball academy and and uh, you know our thing is if you're going to play the game right you got to learn how to play the game right and uh, a lot of these kids especially at the younger ages right now they just go up there and swing and really don't have an idea what they're doing so uh, you know we we only have professional instructors uh, myself and uh, Nelson Simmons and Chuck Mormon uh, uh, who's with Texas right now, uh, you know, we're teaching hopefully at a younger age the correct way to do things so that they fall in love with the game. I think the biggest thing with kids these days is they go out and swing and they strike out or they're not having much fun and then they go, I don't want to play anymore. So, um, you know, we got a, a, a bunch of young clients that are learning the game right and having fun. And uh, Saturday turns into my uh, text message videos of all my clients going, hey, look, he hit his first home run or, you know, hit a double off the fence. And, you know, it, it that for me, uh, that makes me feel great. And, you know, the kid's happy, the parent's ecstatic, uh, you know, because they're, they're getting something positive out of the, the money they're spending. And uh, really, you can't put a price on, the, on a kid's smile when, uh, you know, they're successful out on the baseball field. So I think that's the biggest thing for, for myself and for my other instructors. <clears throat> that we're we're bringing the joy of baseball to to uh, you know the next generation. So. Yeah, I think I think that's outstanding, uh, especially in my area. Uh, I'm hopefully uh, this season goes well, but next off season I'm really gonna look for a place similar to like what you were doing, and and uh, probably copy some of your model, uh, your business model and stuff because uh, there's just there's a, you know a little bit north of me, five fifteen minutes or so. There's a pretty good baseball following and. The, very small and and but people understand you know that any sport you do it takes work and there's no instant there's no instant success in baseball I mean if you go up there and hit a home run on your first swing I mean you're just so lucky you might be the natural talent what you're doing but the level of the game is at now when you get there there's always someone better or, or you know someone that's working harder than you are and, and you're, you're constantly in this state of catch-up you know at a younger age uh, I see that with um, with, uh, one of the guys that I played with uh, this winter is a Dominican guy. Uh, lives lives in the Dominican Republic, and he has four kids. And uh, his two oldest, 12 and 14. His 14-year-old's a righty, throws 92 miles an hour, and his 12-year-old throws 86. And I go, okay, all right. You, I've never, I've never been able to ask this of anybody. Tell me what your you do for your kids to throw 90. You know, as hard as I do at 14 years old. Now, granted, I don't know if it's now you too consistent or not, but if he's telling me, you know, I believe the guy, you know, and I, if for what you see out of the Dominican to come out, you know, when they sign at 16, they're throwing 92, and he goes, well, I'll tell you, he goes, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. They live at home, and they go to an academy six days a week. The academy is all day. It's pretty much from 8.30 in the morning, which breakfast is, and they feed them there, to 8.30 at night, and I said, well, you know, give me, give me a typical day and he goes well it depends if they're in season or out season he goes that's he goes that that's where he thinks the whole thing is these organizations have each have these teams of these youngsters of these age groups 
because they have so many people that are involved in this thing now, where they play a 60-game season at 12 and 14, and even you know right below 16, but they play where they play six days a week, just like the international community, and they play controlled games where everything's safer, and you know you have if there's a pitcher, then he pitches on Tuesday that week. You know he doesn't throw again until Tuesday, and they have a whole arm strengthening program leading up to it. And you know, through when you look at it in comparison here in America, you, you know you can't play six days a week with you know with kids and stuff. And I think that's where people try to turn to travel ball and play six games in a weekend. Which you know, if you look at total innings where these kids play, they don't they don't play near the amount of innings they need to play for a real game. You know, I mean, when you look at hour and forty five minute time limits, I, I barely see games get out of the third or fourth inning. Like if I I saw a game. But I, you know, it was a two really good teams where you had two really good pitchers pumping strikes to locate breaking balls, and they made it to the sixth. And the game got called. Uh, at, you know, it went to the the home team was winning. I couldn't believe it. I completely forgot that twelve year olds played six innings. I didn't even, you know, I was like, wow, this game's kind of moving along. Right. So I think that's huge, you know, as far as development goes. Well, I, I agree. I mean. Um, being down here in San Diego, I mean, you can play year-round easily, and uh, they've got you know your your winter leagues, your regular spring season, your summer leagues. Uh, those tournaments go probably till mid-August, and they give them about a I don't know three four weeks off. School starts back up, and then they do a fall league, and uh, you know that th- that could be a lot, especially you know with the, the Better players are playing perfect game, and and uh, you know for the team California out here, they, they got about seven teams, and you've got a bunch of really really good trout ball clubs that go to Georgia, and go to Arizona, and go to Texas. So for the the upper echelon player, uh, you know you can play year round uh, with other players of your ability, and that that only lifts your game. Um, I think where where you struggle is with the the average player or below average player uh, that's playing a ton of ball, uh, not seeing the successes, and uh, and usually leading to injury. But the ones that are taking care of themselves and, and doing the proper training, uh, those are the guys that excel. And uh, it's it's really easy to see uh, at the high school level uh, the player that's that's been dedicating them, themselves. So um, from a standpoint of scouting or recruiting. Uh, you always want to find out what travel ball club they're playing on um, and then what high school they go to. Because, to be honest, uh, for, for someone like me, I could I could care less how well they did on a travel ball club. Uh, I want to see how they're doing against uh, their kids in their area. And that's how we kind of divide it out here is, is by area. So, uh, But we're, we're, we're talent rich. I mean, the last couple of years you've had you know, dozens of ball players getting drafted. So uh, it's fun to watch. I love watching good baseball. And uh, we definitely have that here in, in Southern California. Okay. Well, let me get to my questions after. We kind of touched on a little bit. Um, do you believe in travel ball? There's been a big thing in the online community that I've seen where someone posted something that Joe Madden said he doesn't like travel ball. And I, to an extent, I can understand what people are saying. But, you know, like, like a league here in town where I'm from, they only had the past four years, they've only had enough teams for or not players for two teams right so and, 
And, I mean, they, they play a 10-game season, and that's the baseball season here. And they wonder why baseball isn't as developed. And, you know, you get to the high school level, and, and people go, people go, uh, oh, well, he dominated the area. And then I go, well, as soon as he heads off to college to play somewhere that's worth a dang, you know, the kid gets lit up. And they're like, well, what happened? I'm like, well, he didn't get there wasn't the level, you know, someone pushing him for that. So that's your right. question. Do you believe in travel ball? Uh, I think I think it's good. Um, now you're talking about how you had, you know, two teams in ten games. You know, we we've got. Uh, I can't even tell you how many teams, and I can't tell you how many games they play. It, it's to the point actually. It's probably a little watered down uh, because we have so many players that they can afford to play. And well, you get twelve guys, you start a new team. And uh, you you'll go to a a U triple triple S A tournament, and um, there'll be you know, 50 teams in five different age brackets. I mean, it's it's crazy. So I would almost say that it's almost a little watered down here. Uh, that's why you you probably got about eight organizations that are really really good. They're well organized. That take care of their players and and put them in in tournaments that are going to get them seen. Then you've got that other group where it's a whole bunch of guys uh, that just want to play. Um, and when they play those upper echelon teams, I mean they, they get handled pretty well. Um, so we're we're just on the opposite scale. We we have so many players here and so many teams that uh, it's gotten a little watered down. Yeah, but I, do I agree I totally with you? Understand. It's great. I, I think travel ball is great. With the travel ball, um, that brings me to my next point. We talked about the, my buddy who his sons in Dominican play 60 games in their season. And by the way, they play 60 games in the spring, and then the three quarters of the year they train. I think that's why that those kids have developed so much. They're, you know, they're having, you know, what. What you know, each kid's different. Some kids can handle working out and hitting the weights at 12, but some kids can't. So, you know, right. they have these all these guys that understand have been playing baseball and training seven days a week since you know the 60s or whatever it was um, when it really became popular. That at that point, I think it was the 60s. I saw a documentary recently on it. So, so how many games do you think a 12-year-old should play in a year? And you know, games games is a loose term at 12, but how many games do you think they should play at 12? Well, um, I think you, your standard league, uh, which is like majors here or uh, senior senior minors or juniors, depending on the talent level of the 12-year-old, some of them play up. Um, I think if you're playing two, three games a week with, you know, one or two practices, that gives you a couple days off. Um, I think you're good there. Uh, at probably three a week, um, figuring you got you know five guys that can pitch on at a you know 12, 13 kids on a team. <clears throat> um, so I guess if you if you did that, like you said, playing year round um, or at least two or three seasons, I mean you're probably looking at closely 60 games, uh, you know 20 game season, three different sections with winter ball and uh, spring and summer. Um, but again, it does come to the maturity level of the body. I mean, at, at 12, I was, you know, a little guy, whereas you know I was standing next to a guy who was a foot and a half taller than me and almost, you know, started shaving. So, uh, 
it, it could be overkill, you know, uh, playing too much at that that young age. But the that upper echelon kid, he's not playing uh, your your regular. He's probably not even playing little league. He's probably just doing travel ball full time and going off to those showcases, uh, you know, with Perfect Game and your Team Californias and and your uh, your Junior San Diego Stars and and the the quality travel ball clubs. So um, I don't know. Sometimes they they get a little crazy out here. You got these gung ho coaches that are doing you know three four games a week and then two practices and the off day is an optional workout if they want it. And, you know, at 12 years old, that's, that's quite a bit. Yeah, I, I understand completely. And, and I think 12, I, I think learning the game, I think you have a, a, a big scale of really hard to find the answer is, you know, is training more important at 12 um, and, and getting them really good at, at the fundamentals of, you know, hitting and throwing and pitching and catching? Or, you know, and then you have this experience side where, you know, you have the kid that's played more games than the other kids and he's been in more situations and his reaction times uh, and his, you know, him to make the correct decision more often and quicker than the other kid uh, is really big. So, I, you know, I think it is, I think you made a great point with which knowing the athlete is, is kind of the biggest thing and, and having the parent, you know, being able to go, you know, you know, maybe you need to take a weekend off or, you know, and, and, and be a 12-year-old play, you know, play. You know, but in the same sense, you got to look at, you know, if you got someone that's, you're on a good path and, you know, your optional workouts. I, I think the practices at 12, I haven't been to too many 12-year-old practices where I've really seen efficiency. That's one of the things that always bothers me. When even, even at the middle school level here, I'll go to a, I'll go to a practice and they'll have a, a, what I call a one-ball practice with a coach. you got every kid at every position. And he goes, run on first, one out, and hits the ball. And he does that for two hours. I mean, nobody's getting any reps or any help, you know, any help out of that, you know. And it bothers the crap out of me. And I want to go tell them, but in the same sense, if I go over there and help them, then, it, you know, they, they take it either way. They either go, well, look at this guy coming in trying to, you know, or they get offended. I was trying to take my job, blah, blah, blah. And who wants right. to go Well, if, I if, I could, if I could add to that, that therein lies the, the, the difference of, if you got a coach who knows what he's doing, you don't have that one ball practice. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times guys are taking teams so their kid can play. Um, if they're not getting coached up, you know, it doesn't matter how many games you play, they're, they're still not going to be that good. Uh, I prefer, uh, in the if you were talking about a travel ball world, winter ball, spring ball, summer ball, and take the fall off. That's where you're you're really going to start doing your training, and and that's what we emphasize here at the H12 Baseball Academy is in the fall. That's when you look at all your successes and all your failures during your three seasons, and you really maximize your your weaknesses. You want to you want to improve those weaknesses, maintain your strengths, and improve your weaknesses. And you know, so winter ball comes back up, and and you feel more confident. And, and looking forward to a better season. And then we see them periodically through all three of those seasons, and we keep them up to speed because you, you almost have to assume that their coach doesn't know what they're doing. And a lot of times uh, you're, you're fixing simple mistakes that you hear repeatedly being coached at 
at these younger levels that, you know, uh, a better term is, I, you know, I want to throw up a lot when I hear some of this stuff. So, uh, you know, just getting, getting the kids right, teaching them up right, and, uh, and have, having them have fun doing it, that, that's the motivation that, that they'll pick up on. So. Yeah, no, I, I get that. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, awesome. All right, we'll move on. Um, you being a pitcher, and multiple times you and I, besides the event in Wichita where we got the banter over pitching mechanics and stuff, um, what, if there was one trait that, in your opinion, makes a good pitcher, what do you think that is? Uh, wow. Uh, uh, to pick one is, is, uh, is, is rough because you look at the physical side and you're looking at uh, being loose, uh, free and easy on your mechanics, uh, mental mindset on, on the mound. Uh, are they are they you know too high energy? Are they too excitable? Are they not excitable enough? Uh, you know, do they do they throw or do they pitch? Um, do they hit their spots or do they just kind of throwing a curveball because they think it's time to throw in a curveball? Uh, are they thinking two, three pitches ahead? Um, to pick one is is difficult. I, I think um, I would have to say confidence. Confidence on the mound. Um, and that's easy to see. You see a guy out there and you're like, this guy wants the ball. This guy's ready to go. And that, that resonates throughout the team. Um, so I, I would, I'd probably say confidence. Um, if I had to pick just one. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in that and believing that um, I, I've read a, a couple athletes' books. Pete Rose, uh, one of my favorite books, though, on um, even though he in the book he goes through a lot of his gambling things, but one of the things that I do remember him talking about how he played the game and how he got his chance and got in there and, you know, he always believed that he was going to get a hit and nobody was going to beat him. And if they did beat him, he would act like it never even happened. And it was funny to read that in his book and talk about how he went 0 for 4 so many times in his career, and because you know he hit 1 or 2, he would come up possible fifth of bat, and then he would answer the reporters you know, at the end of the game, you know, I was real happy to go 1 for 1 today. you know, And, and they'd be like, you were 1 for 5. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, I was 1 for 1. No, I was 1 for 1. I'm pretty sure it was 1 for 1. And and so that that confidence, you know, in the baseball side, which, you know, I had a kid the other day talk about. Uh, I'm trying to tell him when he's with me. I got this six-two freshman, and uh, he doesn't know how to act around his peers that don't play baseball, or his peers who do play baseball that don't understand that confidence of it. Where he goes, uh, you know, when when he's himself, like, and we'll do a lesson and we'll be working. You know, and I'll throw to him sometimes, and he's a pitcher catcher, and I'll throw to him, and he's like, hey, you going to start throwing hard? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, whenever you're ready. You know, and I said, watch out, I'll snick a two-seam on you, and let me blow your thumb up, you know, and we'll have a little banter, and he does that. And, you know, he said to me the other day, it was so funny, he goes, you know, I can't really do that at baseball practice with my teammates. I said, why not? He goes, well, they always think I'm, like, they think I'm, like, picking on them or, like, I'm being a dick. You know, and I said, dude, that's you just got to know who to do it with. I said, yeah. you're yeah. gonna get older, and that's all it's gonna be. Is, is right. if you're not 
if you're not shelling it back out, it's not gonna, you're, it's not gonna work. Right. And and I was like, so you just uh, you gotta play the game until you get there. I was like, if it's just you and me, and you know we're you know get after it, then we are. But other than that, I mean, that's that confidence. I said, you want to believe in yourself when you get up there. And, and we even had an event where he gave up a hit to a guy, and then whatever somebody, you know, I think the guy backflipped on him, like he had a double, you know, the JV high school game. He backflipped on him, so he got mad. And uh, we had talked about this scenario, and the first thing he thought was, I'm going to smoke this guy in the ribs the next time. And I go, you can't do that, man. I said, the game's too important. Who cares right. if he hit a double? Who cares? You, I think there should be more celebrating. Me playing in Mexico, I love, I'm, the guy backflips on me, I don't care. Like, it doesn't, Grant, I can get mad. You know what I mean? It's, it is the showmanship, but it's more exciting for the game. It makes the game more fun. When people are, when you got videos of 10-year-old kids, backflipping, throwing their hands up and stuff, and the fans, the parents going crazy. You know, that's that's fun. You know, that's the kind of fun, you know, that stuff happens. And I said, you know, and I said, well, what happened when you face the guy next time? He goes, oh, I struck him out three pitches. I said, exactly. And he, I said, well, what'd you, you know, how did you strike him out? Looking or swinging? He goes, oh, I threw a cutter off his inside knee and struck him out on the inside corner. I was like, that's a, a crazy pitch to throw at 14 in a JV, <laughs> JV varsity or a JV baseball game. And he struck him out looking. He's like, yeah. I was like, well, that's the mindset you have. Hey, you're not going to get, you know, I'm not going to give up a hit to you again or a double. You're not going to bat flip on me. I'm not going to hit you. I want to make you look stupid. You know, that's, and it's from there. So I, I love that answer. Confidence is a great, great answer. All right. We'll move on. If you had a mechanical tip for a pitcher tomorrow, what would be one tip that you feel like, is pretty general that you that can help all the pitchers. Uh, well, that that's actually easy. Momentum towards home plate uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, it keeps you on time. Two, it keeps you from falling off. Um, you know, exposing the shoulder, exposing the elbow. So um, I, I would definitely say momentum towards the plate. You know, momentum down the hill towards home plate. Uh, being online, being on time, definitely momentum. Momentum, okay. And would you say that that's, for, for my terminology, what I use over here on the East Coast, I actually use something more mechanical of a word, and, and I want to see if this is something that's similar to what you're talking about. And maybe I'm going too far with this, so this is a good little banter. Okay. Um, Stride speed is that possibly something that you that could be an analogy to that to that situation? No, yeah, that that definitely goes with it because if you if if we if we are on time with our momentum, that means the knee action, the front side, uh, your 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 torque, everything's on time with your momentum. Um, it starts with the momentum to get you on time. So if you're doing what was the term you said uh, stride speed. Stride speed, yeah. Yeah, um, that that all coincides with momentum. Uh, being smooth, free, and easy leads to uh, you know a certain time, which you know you can put a clock on it. It's supposed to be a, a second from toe up to toe down. Um, that 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 adjusts with your momentum. If you stop your momentum, um, you know, landing stiff on the front side, well, that stops your momentum. Um, which then throws your timing off completely with your mechanics. So if you got a kid that's specific 
on, on your stride speed and they vary from that, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, negatively affecting their, their pitching mechanics. Um, if, you're, if you're smooth, free, and easy with your momentum and you're on time, everything's smooth, free, and easy, everything's good because your momentum was right. So um, with that, you know, depending on what, what you're teaching, uh, you know, for us, it's, it's, uh, it's about knee actions, about front side, it's about getting down the hill and being on time. So um, your, your stride speed is relatively uh, comparable to uh, being smooth, free, and easy with momentum. So it, it's, it's the same, just, you know, different terminology, that's all. Yeah, okay, awesome. Well, I mean, you and I have always had very similar philosophies on mm -hmm. certain things, and, you know. Which, which I've, stole a few, I've stole a few from you. Uh, yeah, well, no, same thing. I mean, it's, it's you know, that's why we've always been good with us about pulling things back and forth, and, I mean, that's why, I, I you know, recently I posted videos on the medicine balls and the bands and things that I really personally found successful that I, over the years, and I've just had so many people ask me about it and a lot of my clients, and I just figured, you know, why not make a video that they can consistently reference to make sure they do all their exercises, and I'm constantly adding more. I got my... Um, my buddy, uh, uh, my best man from my wedding, my, my original corrupter, if I say. I'm hopefully going to have him on the podcast. He's, he, uh, he got his degree in, in strength and conditioning and is, is basically been my training guy. Hey, this is what the most current thing everybody's doing. In the, try this, try that. What do you think? He bounces ideas off me. And I, I think that community and all of the great, uh, the friendship and from there is, is really what helps progress all of the information and weed out some of the stuff where you know, you see some people throw in certain ways, and you know, that's the way this is, and that's the way that is. And I think you have to evolve, you know, mechanics right. and ideas, and and adjust to uh, injuries and, and problems from there. If if you don't, you know, I don't think everybody throws. You and I definitely throw different. Uh, I th I know there's not one kid that I train that throws the same way I do. But, you know, I think there's key ideas that have to happen. Right. For That's why I like my my logo right up right up here. You know, is is you know getting on top of the ball, getting it out front of the front foot, pulling down. You know, letting that thing LFF as I like to say it. You know, yeah. so well that's well that's, Hop. I think we're right about the time um, that 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 you uh, that we had talked about. Um, one last thing. Why don't you tell uh, everybody that's over in the San Diego uh, area, tell them a little bit about your academy. What are all the services? What cages? What you know? What are your services? I know you talked about you had a couple other pro guys working with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, of course it's H12 Baseball Academy. Uh, www.h12baseball.com, and we're on Facebook, uh, H12 Baseball Academy. Uh, the services we provide are professional baseball instruction, pitching, hitting, and defense. Um, we also offer softball uh, hitting. And I'm about to bring in a, a really good uh, pitching coach for softball because that's in high demand down here. Uh, we're not a batting cage. I mean, we're listed under batting cage for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, our main focus is not renting out the cage so little Jimmy can hit for 15 minutes. It's about training the, the next generation of ball players, uh, learning the game right so they play the game right with professional experienced instructor that's 
tried a thousand things and failed, and then tried two or three or four or five and a hundred things that worked. And and it's not just one way. Uh, pitching. Everybody's got a different arm angle, which means you've got to adjust mechanically to be on time. Uh, hitting. Depending on what kind of guy they are. If they're a little guy, I'm not going to teach them to, you know, how to lift and separate. Um, you're going to get what's best for the for that player um, so they can be successful at least one out of three times every time they play. Uh, we have short cages where we do T-work, soft toss, and front toss, uh, short toss. And then we have our, our full-length uh, iron mic pitching machine from 45 to 90 miles an hour. And then we have a jugs machine. Uh, we're the only place in, in, in San Diego that has a place to throw sliders and curveballs. Um, we have a softball pitching machine. We do live softball as well. So we're, we're really trying to reach uh, as many different players as we can and to maximize their amount of work. Um, I think one of the special things we do is we bring in teams, and they, we give them an H-12 instructor, and they're here for an hour and a half. And not only are we coaching up the, the players, but we're coaching up the coaches. Um, because I know you're probably in the same boat when you coach up a kid and you get him right and he's crushing the ball or he's throwing strikes and he's smooth and, you know, he feels great. And then he goes out to his team and the first thing the coach says is, get your hands up higher, get your elbow up, take a longer stride. And you're just like, no, don't do that, please. You're Just let me, let me get him right again. Uh, so... For, for us, we, we want to coach them up the right way. We want to coach the kid to be their their best coach. Uh, I ask every coach, every kid that I have, I go, who's your best coach? And they'll say, uh, you know, Coach Bill. I go, no. And they go, uh, my dad. I go, oh, no, they're, they're the worst. No. Uh, Jim, no. You. I go, I've known you for seven minutes, buddy. How am I your best coach? They go, Me? I go, yeah, you are. You're your best coach. You know what you feel like. So we coach up the, the player to be their best coach. Because I, I'm not going out to games. I don't see what they're successful or where, they, where they're failing. So we coach them up. We, re, we reinforce things constantly. So when they go out to their game, that they're, they're able to step into the box, no matter who their coach is, and, and be successful. Um, so that's where that, that team goes in, the, the private instruction. And uh, really, coming here, it, it, it's not a batting or uh, a warehouse with nets. Oh, we, uh, we, we built kind of a, a nice little arena here, and I'm very proud of it. It's, it's turned out, uh, you know, the image in my head turned out to be reality. And, and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback, and, and we get a ton of repeat customers. They, Sunday is a is a circus here for for uh, free swinging Sundays, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And we got great people and great kids, and and uh, you know hopefully uh, we'll continue this for for years to come, and and uh, you know get that next generation of players. So uh, check us out on on uh, Facebook and the internet. And, um, you know come down and see us and see if we can get you right. Yeah, that's, I, if anybody's in the San Diego area or, or coming over that way, I totally check it out at H12 Baseball Academy and Scott Hopgood. Uh, Scott, you know, I'm going to be over there in a couple of weeks. Hopefully we can get together. Maybe I can see it. 
Uh, if not, I'll be over in that region all summer. And uh, we definitely got to get we got to get together and and uh, play catch like we did last time. That was that's pretty fun. So, um, dude, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, we got to have you on again. You know, and if anybody, like you said, if anybody uh, needs to get a hold of Scott that's in the area, you can reach them at h12baseball.com, right? And and then uh, check them out on Facebook, uh, H12 Baseball Academy. Uh, we'll put uh, links and descriptions and, and tag everything on here uh, when I upload this uh, podcast. So, um, Scott, appreciate it again, and uh, you know, thanks. And if any, I love the. Uh, you got to put that on a T-shirt, by the way. You are your best coach. I think that's. Uh, I mean, slap, slap that on a motto. Coin it. Do what you got to do. I mean, that that goes right after my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite coaching. Uh, Base running situations I've ever heard is I Ricky Henderson was on this uh, ESPN interview, and it's the best thing I, that I love shutting down all these travel ball dads and coaches and everything is is he says uh, he says who's your same situation who's your best who's who makes a quicker decision to to go first or third you or your coach well my coach why you're running. Mm -hmm. Ricky Henderson knows when Ricky Henderson needs to go to the next base. Ricky Henderson can see the baseball. <laughs> Ricky Henderson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's that's my favorite. That's what I tell him. I said, you can see the baseball. If you hesitate and you feel you hesitate, don't keep going because I'm telling you keep going. Right. You know. Right. So you know, you make a quicker decision than I do because you can see it. So that's you know. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, you are your best coach. I love that. If you don't put that on a shirt, I'm going to steal it and put it on a shirt. No, right? I'm going to put it. I promise. My, my, ne my next shirt's coming out. I'm, I'm All right. Up. Awesome. Awesome. Let me know if you need help with that. We can, we okay. can get some good stuff going. So. All right, man. Well, uh, one last thing. I know I forgot them earlier, but Born in the Cage, these are T-shirt sponsors, guys. Down in, uh, They're over in California also and then uh, down in Miami. Uh, Bino, Derek, the whole gang, um, appreciate it. Thanks for the shirt, the awesome banner. You can check them out at bornofthecage.com. Um, they just released a new line of um, some awesome shirts and stuff up there. Um, hopefully I'll get some new gear to, to rep this year. I'm, I, I was pretty excited rocking my American uh, Born in the Cage shirt down in Mexico. Uh, they definitely knew where El Gringo was, uh, as they call me, <laughs> down there. Or uh, in Rosarito, El Caballon, which is the grand horse. <laughs> as far as you know, yeah. That's good. <laughs> as far as I know, I mean, hey, what are you gonna do? If they if they if they like it, you know. So. That's awesome. All right, well, I appreciate it. Thanks again, and uh, you can check out my website, EmeraldCoastBaseballAcademy.com. I just got the uh, online store work on there. Got some uh, uh, print to order shirts coming out. Um, go support the uh, the cause if you guys want to rep some. I got some awesome three quarter shirts. Just got some new blue ones in here with a new logo here. Little Emerald Coast Baseball Academy. The three quarter. Now here's here's with these. I love these. The, the stitching. They're actually stitched off. Not like the uh, you see the guys on TV that cut them. I don't like them cut because they keep fraying. These are actually professionally made. So Hop, I think you got one of those too from uh, way back in the day. So I have to break that out one day. So I got black and gray one. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks guys. Appreciate it. And uh, like us. You know, share us on Facebook and. Let everybody know about it. Hop once again. I appreciate it. All right, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, bud.